Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy, episode 40. We created this podcast to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, and organizations that make up Wichita's important business community. We strive to achieve that goal every week. We thank you for listening, and thank you very much if you are a subscriber. This week, we welcome a familiar face, cake journalist and anchor, Deb Ferris. We'll hear from Deb about her background, about the state of local TV news, what her typical day is like, and some of the memorable stories she's reported and people she's met. We'll get to that discussion in a moment. First, a couple of words about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Big event coming up for Wichita. Thousands will come into town to watch NCAA first-round men's basketball action. March Madness is Wichita ready for tip-off. Leaders say yes, and they'll work to make the biggest impression they can on the fans who visit and the fans who are watching on TV. Our coverage includes how Wichita earned the first-round site selection, economic impact, other events happening around the city, the impact on airports, and a message from Mayor Jeff Longwell. Blowout coverage of Wichita's hosting of first and second round games. It begins on page 8. Also, reporter Josh Heck writes about expansion for a construction planning company, page 4. This week's list, Coke Industries Companies. We show how many employees and list the leaders, page 32. This week we spend 10 minutes with Bob Hansen, the leader of the Wichita Sports Commission, who had a big part in getting the arena built and earning the site selection. That's on page 35. We have information on new lawsuits, bankruptcies, real estate deals, new corporations, and tax warrants and liens. Page 29. Back in a moment. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Deb Ferris is a Kansas girl. We'll hear more about her roots in a minute. She's been a professional journalist for more than 25 years. Doesn't seem possible. She's shared much of her personal life with cake viewers, the highs and the lows. And she's sharing some time on the podcast with us today. Deb, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Bill. Appreciate it. Where'd you grow up? Well... I grew up in Northwest Iowa for my first 15 years, and then we moved to Pratt, Kansas when I was a sophomore in high school, graduated from Pratt High School, and went to Fort Hayes. Farm? Grew up on a farm, a dairy farm in Iowa, where we got up at 5 a.m. and helped to milk (laughs) the cows. And, you know, as a kid, you just think it's all fun and games until you realize how much hard work it is. Um, Were you out there with the shovels and everything and cleaning everything? Oh, yeah. Every day. There were three of us older siblings, and then my youngest sibling was born eight years after me. So she was just a baby. She doesn't realize what we all had to go through, the hard work. (laughs) That had to have made an impact on your work ethic and your life going forward, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I I still think about it today when I try to teach my kids good work ethic right you know they kids today and I sound so old when I say this but (laughs) kids today just don't realize what it is like to have do hard work hard Mm -hmm. labor and to have chores that you're required to do every day and you don't get paid for it you don't get a monthly or a weekly allowance you are just expected to get out there feed the cows clean up the mess right water break the ice in the tank and then get to school early in the morning. So, you know, it still goes today. And I think it, it also goes to, um, 
I look back on my sports when I played sports in high school. Mm-hmm. I think everything's a team effort, and if everybody puts in the hard work that that is equal, then you'll be successful. What so, sports did you play? I played softball, basketball, volleyball. Um, yeah, those three. Right. Were you good? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I was okay. We had some winning teams. And then you went to college. I went to Fort Hayes State. Yeah, got my degree in broadcasting, um, communications with an emphasis in TV broadcasting. At what point did you think journalism was what I wanted to do? You know, I had no idea. When I went off to college, I had absolutely no clue what I wanted to do. So it was, I think it was my, the second semester of my freshman year, mm-hmm. we, I was in a communications class and we took a tour of the radio TV department there. And I knew immediately, I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. I love this. I love digging into, you know, different things and finding out. And I've always been inquisitive and I just thought this is exactly what I want to do. And, and it's good because I get to report history as it's happening. Right. Do you remember interviewing for your first job? Oh, I do. Yeah. We, I graduated in May of that year when I graduated. And my advisor at school was so good because, you know, I think at that age, we all just kind of think, well, it's all, it'll be okay. Right. And I just wasn't one of those who worried about a lot of things. And so he set me up with an internship in Topeka at KSNT. So I had a six week internship with no pay, nowhere to stay. Right. I ended up sleeping <laughs> on the couch of one of my coworkers. And after six weeks, it all just worked out. There was an opening and they hired me. I had so. a lot of fun doing it, even though it wasn't the greatest of conditions. Oh, yeah, because, you know, you're, you're just getting out of college. You don't know right. what you're missing out on yet. So it, it was great. And right. all, lots of college kids at the, state, at the three stations there because we were all in the same boat just graduating. That's a good beginner's market. Right. You remember what your first story was? I do. I, I was sent out of town, I remember this, um, to Cottonwood Falls to cover some kind of parade. It was right. a Saturday and they said, Deb, just go down. And you know, at that time I shot my own video, did my own interviews, wrote my own stories, edited everything. And I drove, it was like an hour away. Right. I get there and I'm, you know, trying to shoot this video and I can't <laughs> figure out what's wrong with the camera. All my batteries were dead. Oh wow. I sat on the curb and just cried because <laughs> I thought I'm going to lose my job. Right. But they were they were so nice when I got back. I well back then we didn't have cell phones, right. so I think I called from like a payphone. I said I, I, something's wrong with the batteries; it won't work. And they're like, "It's okay, just come back." So I remember that, and I remember my first live shot. Oh yes, oh, that's my, a that's a big deal in gosh, a TV person's career. It really is. You know, you're standing there waiting. You're on standby, and. I thought, I literally thought I was going to throw up. I'm going, what was I thinking? Right. But you know, you get past the first one and then it all just starts to come naturally after about 20 years. How long before you got, yeah. How long before you got comfortable doing a live shots from somewhere? Um, you know, I, I'm going to say not, not too much longer after mm-hmm. that, just because we do them so much right. every single day. Um, and of course, when I moved to Wichita and did my first live shot, I was very nervous. Right. But it's, you know, new city. Yeah. Same thing. 
to stand in front of the camera and tell the story. Right. So, What is your most memorable TV story? I will say when I was in Topeka, I got to travel with the refueling unit oh, out yes, of yeah. the Air Force Base up there, and we went to Saudi Arabia. Wow. And, you know, I was 23 years old, and even though that was a long time ago, that was so incredible to see what our troops do and the conditions that they're in every single day right. and how they're taken away from their families for months and years at a time. Um, so I'll, I'll never forget that. Um, and then the Greensburg tornado right. was a big one for me just because I'm from Pratt and Greensburg's right. very close and I actually know people in Greensburg. So it was really emotional, um, for me to see all that devastation. So that was one of the other ones that I'll never forget. Right. Who's the most memorable person you've met in your career? I met... Besides me. Well, Bill Roy <laughs> from the Wichita Business Journal. Absolutely. <laughs> we used to cover those city council That's members. Right. County Commission. County oh, my commission. gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was just a good time. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was this little girl, and this was only a year ago, and she had a tr heart transplant, and she I think she was like seven. She was so inspiring to me because here she was, you know, struggling and had to have a new heart, and yet she was inspiring me. She right. was so positive and had such a good attitude that I, I think those types of stories are the ones that resonate with me most. You know, people might say, well, what about famous people, you know, that you've covered or been around? You know what? They're on TV all the time, right. but when you actually talk to a child that is so strong and has so much inspiration, those are the ones that really impact. They have much more impact than uh, the house fire oh, exactly. from Tuesday or, you know, maybe something else ha bad happened. Those are the stories, those inspirational stories have the most impact. Oh, yeah. And you know this as well. Once you have kids... Then you right. think of these families that you're covering a story, a murder or something, and their kids are your kid's age. You and bet. then all of a sudden you're just putting yourself into that role, yep. and it's so emotional. Goals can change over the course of a career. Were you always set on the anchor desk, always set on Wichita? No, definitely not. Right. My, my dream was to work in a big market, you know, on one of the coasts and you know, maybe work for the network. And my love is reporting. Mm -hmm. That is my passion. Um, you know, a lot of times college students will come in and they'll be interning or a new reporter will start and you say, what, what do you hope? What is your goal? Well, I want to be the main anchor somewhere. That was never my, my goal. I love to report. I love to be out in the field. I love to meet new people. I love to dig up stuff on people sure. and, and, just find the right in the wrong. Um, so that this was not my goal to be here. Um, you know, when, when we moved here, I was married and, um, he was an attorney, he is an attorney. And so we, we kind of settled, okay, we're going to have to settle here if we're going to, and you know, I really think God has a plan because both my parents, my mom died at 49 and I could be here with her. She was in the hospital at Wesley, so right. I could see her every single day. Wow. Then when 
my son was born, my dad ended up in the hospital here and he died and my whole family would come in from out of town. They could stay with us and be with us. I think God led us here. Right. And had I not been here, who knows what time I could have spent with my parents right. before they passed away. Wow. So long story short, I didn't plan on staying in Wichita, but I love Wichita. It's a great place to raise kids. It's a great small city in that and you, you know, right. you can get anywhere sure. within 20, 30 minutes. If you live in Dallas, it takes you two hours to get across town, maybe right. more. So that wasn't my goal. Um, I'm enjoying the anchoring and I enjoy, um, bringing the news to people in right. their living room every single night. Talk so. about that transition. It is, it is a transition from, you've been anchoring for a while, but you didn't get into the main chair as we call it uh until the last couple of years talk about that transition from being a reporter and doing something you love to now you're inside pretty much all day it, it was tough and it is still tough um you can ask my boss who reminds me <laughs> on a weekly basis deb you're an anchor now right not the reporter <laughs> um it, it was tough it was tough to see big stories happening and i can't go out there and be a part of it um, and, and being inside is really hard, especially when it's nice out right, now, right. if it's snowing or 20 <laughs> below zero with wind chill, I'm you've like, done those live shots yeah. <laughs> standing on a bridge with the snow flying all over the place. Oh, and... absolutely. That's when I, I think, okay, this isn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier, I talked about sharing your life. Viewers come to feel like they know you, you have a lot of fans, but I know there are always people who can get a little negative every once in a while. That just sort of comes with the territory. How do you handle that? Kill them with kindness is the first thing I try to do. Um, I explain if, if they're criticizing my hair, which <laughs> I've heard that many times, if they're criticizing something I said, I, I try to explain why I did what I did or said what I said. Right. And if I feel like I owe an apology, I'll give an apology. Um, and, you know, I, I just think that there always will be people who are constantly critiquing and they'll say, you know, hateful things. And I think the best way is just be very nice to them. And if they don't stop, then I just ignore it and move on. It can go a little farther than that as well, unfortunately. And uh, it, we have heard the stories from lots of different anchors in different markets uh, about the folks who press a little too hard, they want to get a little too personal, and uh, really invade your space, and, and it becomes a problem. It, it can be a scary situation. Uh, how do you handle situations like that? Well, I think the first thing that um, we've all been told to do is to, first of all, let the station know, let right. our bosses know what's happening. Um, you know, we've increased security, everybody right. has at stations all over the country. Um, in order to keep everybody safe. And you're right. I mean, there are people out there who they feel like they know you because right. you're in their living room every single night. And so I think that's the number one thing is to let, let your bosses know. And number two, I have a really close relationship with the Wichita Police Department because I covered the police beat right. for years and years. So I will specifically call the patrol substation where I live and say, Hey, can you just do some extra patrols when I'm at the time I come home from work? Right. Um, and they're always very happy to do that. And they'll do that for anyone. It's not that 
we're special or anything. Right. Um, and just kind of always be aware of your surroundings because you just never, you just never know. A lot of people don't understand or don't realize just how often that happens. Um, there's, there's been an incident recently, but I'm sure there have been other times when you felt like you had to do, you had to take some action to protect yourself. Oh, absolutely. We, you know, I've gotten letters from people saying, you know, I want to marry you right. and, you know, I make sure that we look them up online and see what their history is and right. get their picture out. So everybody sees what it, this person looks like. And, it, you know, sometimes you just think, ah, what is wrong? Because right. I just feel like a normal everyday person. But mm -hmm. I think sometimes people, and I'm sure you get that too, mm -hmm. Bill. I mean, people look at you like you're some kind of celebrity or right. something and, right. and you don't feel like that. You know, I'm just a Kansas exactly. farm kid, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. doing my job. So it's an unfortunate part of the business that it you is. have to deal with. Absolutely. You chose to share what may be the most difficult point in your life. You lost your fiance to a heart attack, just 46 years old. Tell us about the decision to talk publicly about Roger's death. Well, when, when Roger died, um, I decided that it was important to get the message out about heart attacks mm -hmm. and about the importance of family history. I didn't know Roger's family history with heart disease. Mm -hmm. I knew his dad had recently had open heart surgery, but I didn't know that it went way beyond that. Right. That he had lots of uncles that had died from heart attacks in their early fifties. And you know, you always look back and think, had I known that, I could have said, oh, Roger, I think you're having a heart attack. Why right. don't you go to the hospital? But you can't go back. Um, and so I thought in order to help save lives in the future, I wanted to share his story about what happened because Roger didn't have the typical signs. He didn't have chest pain and chest tighten tightness. Um, you know, he a month before he died, he said he had a pain in his side. And then he did tell me that week that he, his runs had been harder. He said, it's just, yeah, harder. this is not a guy who sat on the couch eating potato chips. This yeah. is a coach who was in good physical shape, ran every single morning, at least two to five miles and lifted weights every single morning. Right. And he was a college athlete. He played at KU and so you just don't think of someone like that. And these are the people you hear about right. who are young, athletic, in shape, take care of themselves, and they collapse and die of a heart attack. Right. And, you know, you hear about those people, but I think showing people this guy who so many people loved, he had coached so many kids throughout right. the years that it happened to him, that people will think, you know what, I'm going to go get checked. Just because look what happened to Roger Robin. Right. So that's why I decided to share his story in hopes of saving other lives. I'm sure it was tough, but it's a public service and I'm sure Roger would, would approve of that too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What else do you want to do in your career? Oh, Bill. <laughs> yes. These tough questions. <laughs> you know, I, I still want to, um, I still want to report. Mm -hmm. I still want to, you know, get the big stories and I still want to help. My biggest goal right now is to help the young reporters that are just coming in right. learn how to be really good reporters. And I want Cake to get back to where we were 
be number one again mm-hmm. in this market. And I think that with the team that we have now and with the leadership we have now, that's the direction that we're going in. And I'm, I'm so excited about that. So those are my short-term goals. Um, I think my long-term goal is to sit on a beach <laughs> with a fruity drink. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and enjoy and just enjoy uh, my kids. And, you know, I, it's hard to look too far in the future when what I've had happen has right, happened. Right. So I try not to look too far in the future. But for right now, that's kind of what I think. Enjoying it? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Love my job. Love my career, love my my kids. I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, and they're in the midst of everything, <laughs> every sport, every activity you can right. be involved. So it keeps me so busy. It keeps me hopping, that's right. for sure. Well, uh, I know you're busy. Thank you very much for spending some time with us here on the uh, podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. More in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours. So we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for BizTalk with Bill Roy this week. We release a new episode every week. You can see the others at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear from, please let me know. I'll do my best to get them here. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. On behalf of the great staff here, thanks for listening. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.